recording. Bitches and gents. Y'all don't even know what we just endured in this current moment. I'm telling Yo. you. Ativa got me tripping over here thinking that I got to call Fios and go off because we've been having problems with Zencaster and Zencaster has been the ghetto for the past two weeks because our audio has been jacked up. Either Atifa can't hear me, I can't hear her. Bitch, we just took 30 minutes, literally 30 minutes. It's 931. We just took motherfucking 30 minutes trying to get this fucking sound together. And we like, yeah, I'm like, ooh, Verizon Fios. Like, ooh, the ghetto. Like, all of this shit. We sitting here. I'm sitting here unbothered. He out here switching. He didn't went to his burner computer child. Not a burner computer. He went to the burner computer child. Not the burner computer. And we computer. kind of figured this shit the fuck out. And I looked down in the, in the right corner next to where the time is on my laptop. And I saw wow. that my, my little oh my speaker God. thing, it was an X on it. See and I said, oh, let with. me click it. Oh, I can hear you. Turns <laughs> out Ativa didn't even have the volume up on her computer. So, so that was the reason why this heifer couldn't hear me. Oh, my God. I still got to record those bloopers. Which blue? Which one? I thought she was going to up. Yes, we had to include the bloopers as like an extra like segment. Like blooper. Yes, we have to start doing that. So anyway, it is teacher appreciation oh, week. Yes. So we really want to take the time to appreciate our teacher, Ativa. Thank you because my motherfucking book. No, let me not. Let me not. I'm telling you, it ain't easy. Thank you, boo. Thank you. I told that's crazy because I told my students that today I was teaching them today. And I was like, today's teacher appreciation week. So make sure you tell your teacher, tell your teacher whichever one is that that you appreciate them. Do you think any one of them motherfuckers said, we appreciate you, Ms. Walton, but it's okay. Get your apples and flowers when you get them. So people <laughs> across the globe, people across the pond, wherever you are, teachers around the world, we appreciate you and keep doing your job. We love you. All right. So today's episode is called Growth. And so what we want to talk about is personal growth. If people can see your growth, if you out there shining and people mad or are you avoiding confrontation or being confrontational, we really want to get an update on where Ativa is in terms of facing confrontation. What was our last what was our last episode topic? Insecure? Betrayal? Oh no, it was um top no last episode was baggage. Baggage. Gotcha. And you said, I got to do some self-work because I'm out here and I'm being uncomfortable and I'm keeping my mouth shut and I'm only doing this for the benefit of other people and not for myself. Yes, so we want to hear yes, where you are Lou. with that. Uh, this is so true for me, um, my growth. Um, I do think I have grown, though. I do think I have grown mm -hmm. from a caterpillar mm -hmm. to a butterfly. I have grown and you Thank have you. grown as well. And when I, when I reflect on where I was, this is what 2021 where I, when I reflect on where I was, let's say maybe 2018, three years ago, and not just career wise, whatever the case may be, but mentally, emotionally, my psych, my psych mm. is stronger. My core is stronger. Um, I my spirituality is stronger. Um, loving on myself is stronger, and of course, I still have areas that I need to grow. However, comma there is so much growth because I look back on Atiba in 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014, 2013. Oh my god, tragic! And but look where we yeah, are now. I hear you. I think thinking back maybe five years and six years ago, what I could say, to be quite honest, I'm living my nightmare right now. Being unemployed and living on my own and having all this responsibility and bills, that was my nightmare. Losing my job and still being able to attain all of what I have now. And I'm overcoming with ease. And honestly, it's been no stress. I've had nothing to worry about. I've been paying every single bill on time. Um... And I'm able to do this and still attain some mental space to push forward throughout the day and still be healthy and still be sane. You mentioned that you're unemployed. Do you mind sharing how long you've been unemployed? I've been unemployed for 
over a year at this point. I lost my job in March 2020. What what mental space did you go through when you first became unemployed? When I got let go, I came home and the first thought I thought about was, what do I do now? I got let go because of an acquisition. It was it was because of an acquisition, meaning that a company bought our company. Okay. For them to merge they had to figure out who was going to stay and who was going to go. And if your role was considered redundant, then nine times out of 10 that they would give you a severance and you would have to leave the company. I found out news that I was being let go a week before the pandemic happened. I didn't cry. Um, It was more of a moment for me that parts of me felt like it was time for me to go. And parts of me felt like why now when I've been working so hard? So there were moments of disappointment, but there were also moments of relief because part of me knew it was time for me to go. That's interesting. Let me tell you something, y'all. And this this ties in perfectly to growth because Ativa was fired two times. Well, I probably should say it on the podcast. But um, <laughs> um, everybody's been fired in their life. And if you have or been let go, and if you haven't, kudos to you, bitch. But um, in my early twenties, and it was consecutively, it was back to back. And let me tell you the fuck something. The first time I was kind of in denial, I was kind of in a state of shock. It really didn't hit me. But that second time, and it was around Thanksgiving. It was it was the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, you talking about the 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 feeling of emptiness. Wow. That was just completely, that broke me. And I never, th- I never thought that I would get back on my feet. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. Every job that I got after that, or every time I, if I was let go, the next thing that I got was so much better yeah. than what it was than I was with before. Oh, well, then that's and, and let me tell you something. I think I was out of work. For I want to say maybe a year and a half. That shit was crazy, and I don't know how I did it. What, let me tell you something. To all the millions and the hundreds of thousands who have been affected by by Pandy, that's the pandemic. By Pandy, um, it's let me tell you, my heart goes out because this shit was this this shit really, this this shit really said, hold the fuck up, I'm here. Everyone have a seat. The main bitch is here. My heart goes out to you and to everyone else because I don't know how. And you still have rent to pay. And you still have gas to pay. And you still have electricity to pay. I, I kind of want to talk about what ended up happening prior to COVID. So when I got in between me getting let go and when COVID happened, I got let go. And then I had already like before the end of that week, I had like four interviews locked down. Each interview that I was going to, once that last interview came up, the world was starting to shift into lockdown after each, every interview. And then once the lockdown actually happened and my birthday passed and all of that, companies froze, the world shut down, and it completely dismantled all of the progress that I was making to rebound to another opportunity. And it was just the biggest disappointment. Alon, and let me tell you something because your spirit is in such a right place in your soul you are going to receive an abundance thank you okay hallelujah hey. Ooh, i felt that hallelujah. <laughs> you're not the only one that said that though <laughs> yeah so many people have told me mm-hmm. that and i appreciate all the encouragement i appreciate all the support i've been getting from people at church um to friends to everybody been helping me along the way people who've been giving me feedback on my resume i really feel the love and support and i appreciate the encouragement you're gonna be blessed blessed black and highly favored in the name of the son and And pay and hallelujah increase increase (laughs) so let me start speaking in tongues (laughs) don't let me start speaking in tongues but anyway 
And so, Alon, what ways do you think you have grown? What ways have you grown, not phys- physically, but aesthetically? Because we never talk about physical physical growth, right? Everything got to be motherfucking fundamental. Like, can it be tangible? Can it be tangible? Well, you know, I used to like a clean face. But now I don't like a clean face as much. Ooh. But I don't like a full beard. My face gets, uh, it doesn't grow in. It, it gets really, really patchy. But... In a self-decapitating, more humorous, I still got a seven-year-old boy's chest. I mean, this bird chest, it ain't going nowhere. I'm tweet-tweeting over here. I think hair on men face is so fucking sexy and manly. Because when I see the when I see the Jews, the rabbis outside. Really? Girl, you like Jews? I be like, okay. You be attracted to the rabbis? They hair, they facial hair oh look cute. Because you know the facial hairs mean that they're married. So what do you like about a married man, Ativa? Do you find a married man attractive? Oh, the, oh. <laughs> I just want to know. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because if so, I would like to know what about a married man you find attractive. Let me tell you uh-uh. something. Let me uh-uh. tell you something. I don't break up no homes and I don't break no pe- no um. No padlocks on the doors. Do you hear me? I I am not a home. I am not a home. Come on, Alicia Keys. No, no. <laughs> Let me clarify. How come the women are always labeled as a home wrecker? For that's so what true. That? By You're the right. way, she was not a home wrecker. She was not you a home wrecker. No, she they wasn't. was not. Offic- they was not officially divorced, so that's why things get a little complicated. However, comma, how come the woman's always the fucking home wrecker? The, the oh. husband wrecked the home. Let's Two talk about that. have a choice in that situation, so you're right. You have a point. I hate when people stone the woman when it comes to affairs and when it comes to raking homes. Yeah, it, it he plays a role in it just as much as she does. So I'm like, you Tell me one woman came in and fucked your household up. If one woman came in and fucked your household up, then that shit had, didn't have a strong foundation to begin with. That's another thing that has to be checked and upheld with women because women are the ones stoning other women when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. But back but back to the back to the thing. I'm liking this. I'm liking this episode. But anyway, back to the thing though. Um What do you like about a married man? I don't find you I'm I'm about to come through the screen. I'm about to come through the screen. I don't find Mary men attractive. Don't do that. No, I just like their facial hairs. I like the rabbi okay. facial hairs. All right. Not the facial like hairs. <laughs> it looks real cute. I think it's so manly. I really do. I love a man's man. You know, I like a scruffy Rasta. The, the scruffy Rastas. With the with the hair and the and the locks all scruffy and that that shit is so mm-hmm. sexy to me. I don't like no clean cut nigga. What the fuck? I don't like patchy facial hair though. Yeah, but no, but you know, like you, I like a neat scruffy. That's why I didn't like beards because mine won't go in full. You know, aesthetically, I think what has grown on physically with me, I think is definitely, of course, my to Tom's. Um, oh my, my titties, <laughs> but no, um, to be very honest, I really, really, really love my lips. I think aesthetically I've grown also into loving my stature and my height as a tall girl. Sometimes it can be a little complicated to, to be elegant and to, I mean, to be poised, I should say, but I think aesthetically, I don't know if this has anything to do with aesthetics, but I think my poise and my grace of how I carry myself physically. Come on, DSLs and poise. You know what DSLs mean. And the married men like that too. Yes, I know too. It's sucking lips. When I was in um when I was in high school, this boy he used to call me sexy lips. That's what he used to call me. And we were just just strictly homies and I, I I didn't know lips could be sexualized and I didn't pay attention to my lips but he said sexy lips and he made me realize that I actually had um nice shaped lips but I still got this fucking this fucking nine month stomach that this shit got to go if I can get rid of this shit you know sometimes I do understand surgery but I don't want to be the next hazy e but let me tell you something I this fucking stomach right here Okay. <laughs> you lose your stomach and me gain a chest in the world, I promise you would be a better place. I'm sick and tired of looking like a toddler with this chest. 
what about internal growth? Yeah, I, I, when I was, um, I'm, and this is another new growth for me. People don't have to agree with you, and everybody has the right to have their opinion. Before, um, if you didn't agree with me, if you had an opinion other than mine, of course, what we do is we look at the person crazy and invalidate their thoughts and opinions and ideas. And now I've come to the point where I'm like, you don't have to agree with me. And and I don't have to agree with you. And I and I should not always expect someone to be on my same mental um mental space. And I still can validate their otherness and their ideas. And that's perfectly fine. They have a right to think in their own way. And I'm and I've just gotten to that like maybe like three months yeah, ago. I think to piggyback off of that. I would say I think I've grown in terms of having a live and let live personality because I didn't always have that. Younger me used to judge the fuck out of people um, that were different from me. I would always be like, why would you do this? Or why are you like this? Mm. But now that I've grown, you Mm. on your own journey. That's really how I feel about it. So, you know, I embrace and accept people as they are currently. And that's another thing too, that judging thing. It's so interesting because I have a client that's a stripper. I just did her here the other day. And um, it's so interesting because I think that a couple of years ago, I would look at her a certain way and judge her and be like, why are you doing such a job in your profession? Right. And although I don't, although that's not my, although her profession is not my judge, I'm like, so the fuck what? Who cares? Mind your fucking yeah. business until you fuck. You know, like, that's my whole thing, bitch. Do you over fuck. You know what I'm saying? Right? Because I think we, everybody feels so entitled to be in everybody's shit. Mind your fucking business. <laughs> I hear you. So, have you ever felt like you've had to purge friends um, that you've outgrown? Oh, my God. We was just talking about this at work. And it's made me so sad last week. It made my other friend so sad at work last week. Oh my God. Are you in my thoughts? Because I'm a Pisces. We're intuitive. To bring the very intuitive. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> let me let me take a moment and just sit in this for like six seconds. Definitely outgrew friends. Definitely. Could I mean, you know what I realized the other day, Alon? That I value my friendships, relationships, more than I do my romantic mm. relationships. I can see that. I hold my friendships. We all do. Yeah. Friends are more mm. tolerable just in the standpoint where you don't live with them. You know, you have a good time, you spend a lot of time, and it's very intimate. But it's not intimate to the point mm. where you go home with them. And when you live with somebody, that's when you really, truly get to know who that person is. And you know them on a whole nother different level. So I think friends don't have to live up to that expectation like being in a relationship. Because it's a lot of pressure to uphold um, a relationship than a friendship. Yeah. You know what? My friendships online, they have definitely a lot of my quote unquote friendships have definitely dissipated and it's so interesting because i think this is another area of growth and this is epiphany that i'm having right now that i never think it's my fault when i lose friendship friends it's always their fault but now that i think back i'm like i think there probably is something that i did well okay well to be honest i don't know what i did i don't really think i did something but i'm trying to think like okay maybe i did Mm. something i don't know what it is though but when I but when I think about my friendships um, that have subsided, it just breaks my heart because and that's another area of growth too. Oh my God, I'm having all these epiphanies tonight. I realize that now. What example would you get? If a friendship ended, it will be okay. You will so be okay. I may have another angle that may be better. So you've watched Soul Food, yeah, and. and as an adult, I'll say I've watched it and I've gathered more insight on the true meaning of what soul food is. And what I've taken from it is you just never know why people are around. Everybody has a hidden agenda and you would never know what a person is around for. Everybody comes around for their own reason, their own personal selfish reason. Yeah. And I'm, I want you to say that again. I want you to say that. Say Alice. Okay, go ahead. Whoever Alice is. Alice, you never know why people stick around, what their true intent is, what their hidden agenda is, whatever have you. You just never know until you're not providing what it is that they are looking for 
Hallelujah. I don't know who Alice is, but I hope you get that little gem. You might meet her. Oh, okay. In about two weeks, (laughs) child. But I'm happy because that's what I'm saying. This is crazy. You just you brought that question up because we was just having a deep conversation about that. And it's so hard for her and myself because once you're my friend and I'm your friend, you are my friend. Mm -hmm. You're like family to me. Like I told you before, even if we have an argument, whatever the case may be, nobody can cross you in front of me. When who you think is your friend don't give you that and they just fucking do some crazy shit, that shit is, is hurtful. But growing, Alon, I'm growing to yeah. understand that it's possible. And I'm growing to learn that it's okay. You're going to be okay. You'll get back yeah. up. You'll be all right. Do you have any examples of this certain friendship that dissolved and why it dissolved? Ooh. Oh my god. Oh, I'm trying I don't want to be messy. Girl, go ahead. I do. Yeah, I have one. She lives in the Bronx. We went to college together. It dissolved because I was late to her house for something and then she and then like the next day, she, two days later, she called me like I didn't appreciate you being coming to my house late, like trying to check me like I'm her fucking daughter. And it was like, bitch, I traveled to your fucking, you in the Bronx, bitch. It was like I went motherfucking to Buffalo. How fucking far I traveled to your shit. Long story short, also like a couple of days later, like, let's talk about this. And, you know, I thought we were in a better place. And, you know, people be like, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. And, you know, they're never really good. And so she never like really reached back out. And I would reach out to her and, I was like, yo, like, you don't call me. Like, what's going on? Like, you said, we were good. And no, we're good. We're good. Bitch. All right, bitch. Bye. You're blocked on Snapchat and everything like that. And that was the end of that. I had another situation where this one I was, I felt kind of bad for. But we had fell out twice. One time before, which was her fault. It was so stupid. And then the second time, I was just tired of her shit. Anytime they give something, you have to be there. But they want something for you. They always flaky or they something they not come up. and. And I just got tired of that shit. And I told her about herself, but I also said some bad words. Alon, what did actually, you say? Actually, I said, if you sat down in the fucking chair, your ass will fucking break the chair, you fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Are we in middle school? The that was fuck, a couple Ativa? of years ago. That, <laughs> that was a couple of years ago. I can't. I Who so says bad. that? How old so are you? Bad. She pushed me there because she was, I, from what I remember, she was, I was talking to her about it. You know, how I felt, and she was being inconsiderate. I believe she said some crazy slick shit to me. And that's how I said, oh, hold the fuck up, bitch. And we started going back and forth. And I was like, that's why if your fat ass sat on the fucking chair, the shit would break. Your fat ass would break, you fucking fat bitch. I was, (laughs) I felt so bad. A couple of, a couple of weeks later, I felt bad. But (laughs) in the morning, in the moment, I didn't feel that bad. But I seen her one time. I seen her. We was in the same salon, sitting right next to each other. And did we speak? No. But, um, yeah, whatever. And so, yeah, that was one. She, it was a continuous flaky because she would hold you. She would hold you to a high standard if you missed her shit. But when it came to you, it wasn't. It was different. And she should have been, like, receiving grace all the fucking time. And I just got tired of that shit. I hear you. What was her sign? She was a cancer. Mm. Well, my turn for story time. I just recently had a situation where I've outgrown a friend and a lifelong friend at that. Um, I've known him since high school and Mm -hmm. we went to high school. We went to community college. We went to college together and it was a gradual thing and it was just kind of an eye opener, if you want me to be honest. Um, right. how this happened and I think due to me being here in New York and me doing this experience on my own going back home at times and visiting some friends you you kind of see some people get stuck in the same place and it becomes really problematic when six years may pass and they still are in that same place so this distance was very slow and it was very gradual but it really came to its head when he came to visit me in 2019 he came to visit me because he was 
coming here to do some type of fashion related event or something. Um, and I was a bit skeptical about the event because he had to book his own travel and he had to book his own stay. And being that I don't think he's ever traveled like that on his own before, he had no idea on how to book a flight. Right. He had no idea to book his stay, anything of that sort. And I kind of took that upon myself to pretty much do everything. This is kind of foreshadowing to what occurred when he actually arrived. Now, him and a mutual friend of ours was coming, and the mutual friend was coming to celebrate her birthday. So, as a friend to her, I definitely wanted to make it very special for her because it was her 30th. And it seemed like, you know, his main focus was here for the show, and that was fine. And we wanted to, you know, support him as well, but he just seemed very coy when it came to giving us information about the show. So I just kind of let it be. And I just knew once he arrived that he was going to, you know, he's one of the extra people. Like, you know, he always overpacks and he always tries to always have like this little fashion moment or whatever have you. And make sure when you finish his story, make sure you remind me to say something about what you just said. Okay. Um, so I let them know, I let them both know, like, hey, you have to travel with your stuff. If you don't plan on taking an Uber, you're going to have to go up and down stairs in the subway. We're going to have to take buses to get to and from. So be sure to pack as light as possible because everything that you pack, you're going to have to carry. Well, he showed up with three big coffin-sized suitcases. Another thing was he brought a plus one, a plus one me and the mutual friend had no clue about. And asking him about it, he said that this was somebody that, that he was interested in. And so we were looking at the situation like, OK, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Is it like you guys are mutually interested or is this communicated? Because, you know, at this point we all grown. So it's kind of like when you say that and when you introduce somebody to your friends as that, to me, it's kind of like it's it's a it's a dual understanding there. You know, like we grown. I'm not gonna have a crush on nobody and then nobody not know it. To me, that's weird. So, what I could say is that was definitely the, the case. Wow. Um, the girl absolutely did not know Look that he was pursuing her in that way. She just looked at him as a friend. And I mean, I'm not going to put too much of his business out there, but she, there was a reason why she looked at him as just a friend. And I think he didn't really think too deep outside of it other than, you know, she was an attractive girl because he didn't really take time to really get to know her prior to the trip. Because by the end of the trip, he didn't even like her anymore because the girl was either like bringing guys around him you know, that she was actually, like, interested in romantically. Mm. And the girl was, like, smoking. The girl was drinking. You know, she was drinking with us. We were all having a good time except for him. And I think it was because, you know, he has this heavy conviction with religion. And I think he just holds on to this thing where somebody's going to slap his wrist if he dares mm. taking a sip of alcohol or anything of that sort. And... I just think at this age that we are at, that's kind of a sense of immaturity. Like right. we all drink at this point or either if we don't drink, you know, we could be around people who drink and not have a problem. But it just seemed like he was just really uncomfortable anytime that we would go to a boozy brunch or a wine experience or whatever. And we would do that as adults. And it just seemed like he just wasn't enjoying himself. And me as a host, and me as somebody showing them around and only wanted to have a good time with my mutual friend for her birthday celebration, I felt uncomfortable that he was uncomfortable. And I didn't understand why he was uncomfortable because everybody was having a good time. So it just really choked that whole situation and wrapped it up to the standpoint of where people just don't grow up or they become Peter Pans. And I think that that was the case in that situation now what broke the camel's back i had came home one time 
And usually this is a friend, you know, to combine hanging out with him and spending time with him. If I hadn't got my hair cut before coming home, I would come home and, you know, he would cut my hair. We would like spend time and whatnot. One time where I wanted my hair cut before I left Mobile and for some reason he wasn't available. And so it wasn't that he wasn't available. He just said that, oh, my clippers broke. <laughs> now, he cut my hair probably a couple of days before. So I'm like, okay, what's the time in between that? And so I'm like, well, it's fine. You know, I have clippers. Like, I could bring them to you if you want to come over. Or I could come over to you, whatever. And it was just like, it just seemed to me that he didn't want to do it. Now, mind you, again, this is a friend that always hits me up for pro bono free stuff. I was always someone that he always called on if he ever needed anything or if he ever wanted anything. I created like logos for him. I've done graphics for him. And I did all of this, you know, wanting no return at all. And I do it, you know, because that's my friend. So in that moment, it was kind of like, okay, knowing that, you know, I was a host for your trip. I'm always here when you call. You always call me for free stuff. You never call to check up on me. You always call me when you want something. So the minute I want something from you and I pay you every time you cut my hair, that's the crazy part. And you not acting funny because you want to spend your time with, I guess, either new friends or doing projects that really don't benefit you at the end of the day. You just kind of do it for your enjoyment. And hey, who's the judge? But there's no significance other than these people are running you dry and you are wasting your time doing things that really doesn't serve you. And you can't even hang out with your friends, people who are actually there for you. That was really just it for me because I was already drained after the trip in combination with everything that I've already experienced in my lifetime. Y'all know I've been transparent on the Liberated episode and I was transparent just as well with him. Like he actually met my ex and all of that in real time. I no longer have space for people who don't see it for themselves to evolve. And then also, I just can't be around people in spaces where if I scratch your back, you can't scratch mine. I had to cut ties because I couldn't continue pouring myself into a person. And the minute where I may need a favor or whatever, they're not able to pour back into me, that was it. And I realized that people that you may have grown up with or gone through phases together, they're not going to be on the same growth level as you. And it's okay to walk away. What I was going to say about the friend, interesting because it was the same guy, the one that you had spoke to kind of on the phone. I was on the phone with you a while ago, like, like two years ago. He was from He was from Alabama. And, like, he felt for some reason, like, when he came to New York, like, he had something to prove, like, fashion-wise. And he felt like, I think I told you this before, but, like, he felt like he had to be in the newest this and the newest that. And, like, he he looked like a clown most of the time. And I'm just like, why the fuck do people from the South think they got to come up here? Let me tell you something. People, our Southern listeners, but if you're from the South, I always say, New Yorkers are the most underwhelming dressers, the most casual dressers ever. Please don't let Sex in the City and every other fucking show have y'all thinking that we out here. We, every, you know, no, don't get me wrong. There are people who probably slay, but I don't see that every day. I feel like New Yorkers, we, it has to be a special occasion. I think we're so unfazed by anything. So everything is just, you know, but it has to be a really, really, really special occasion for us to really dress. But New Yorkers, we are very casual people, to be very honest. And I have another one. This other one that really, really took me out was a young lady that I met, and um, she just she just lost my trust. She lost your trust how? She was just dishonest about something. What was she dishonest about? She was dishonest about her motives for someone, and it was very sneaky and tacky. Of course, when you look back on it, you just never really care about it too much, but she really, really, really tore me up and hurt my feelings. And for some reason, people was on her side when morally it was what she did was like immoral. So wait, 
So the situation is you were interested in someone and her as a friend, you guys talked as girls and she knew that you was talking to this person. And so she played the friend, but also knew deep inside you was also looking at him as well. And so she broke girl code and that fucked up your trust with her. How did you know this? I mean, I just picked up everything that you were saying. I had to let the story be told right because you was tiptoeing around it. Psychic. <laughs> well, I wasn't really, I wasn't really pursuing. Was not, not technically not pursuing. Let me clarify. I was, we, him and I, were not talking. However, comma, there was definitely flirtation, heavy flirtation from both ends. The thing about it is that behind her back, people said that what she did wasn't right, but people never said it to her face, and so. It kind of... Um, Why people take a side? People took a side because, like I told you before, because I sometimes label me as the aggressor. And so because of what I appear to be, people just say, oh, no, it's you. In that moment, I was... She was my enemy, and I was trying to end her. End her how? I was I was trying to make her life miserable. And how were you going to do that? We're going to go into that. But I was trying to make her life miserable and i was okay. so mean and i was so angry and mostly hurt and i look back on it now and i just shake my head and i just said you know everything happens for a reason the way things turned out it was such a blessing that it turned out the way they did how was it a blessing because i am not weighed down with certain circumstances and responsibilities from it that being what that because of the actions that the person took, they now have responsibilities and liabilities. <laughs> so she got pregnant. <laughs> then sis, say that. Just say that. No, I, you, well, you never know what could have happened, but to be honest. Do you feel like you would have got pregnant with that same guy? No. Where I am right now, that is, it's, everything happens for a reason. It's such a blessing. Why do you feel like it's a bullet dodge? You have a choice on whether you get pregnant or not. They ain't got nothing to do with her. They ain't got nothing to do with him. You never know what could A led to B, B led to C. And I'm not saying I would have gotten pregnant, but you still never okay. know what I what liabilities I would have contracted from that, right? And so I'm just saying. So did she catch a SCD? I'm just saying that now when I look back, I dodged a bullet either way. Like when you look back, you're like, why would I even want to deal with that? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, bitch, what? The circumstance of being in a love triangle, you just are glad that you avoided that. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well. Like I said earlier, you definitely have grown. I have grown. I'm still growing each day, trying to better myself. Still have areas that I need to improve on. But God is good. And as long as you want to put the work in to get better and to grow, you will grow. Hallelujah. So where are you with facing conflict since uh, the baggage episode? Well, I haven't had any conflict to face this last week. But, <laughs> but I would definitely say that ever since that um episode, I have been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of reflecting. And I think that I need to do this. I think I need to first start talking to my father in regards to some conflicts that I might, to some issues I have with him. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, think once and I, I didn't know if it was because he listens to the podcast and you were fearful of the repercussions of him listening and hearing this version of Ativa and then you, you know, having to silence yourself regarding any feelings you have towards wow, him. Wow, you picked that up. Um, My dad was the um Joe Jackson. Yeah, my dad was definitely no nonsense and you would get a whooping for everything. And his whoopings weren't just whoopings. His whoopings was, was intense, you know what I'm saying? And so growing up, seeing that and, and growing, growing up experiencing that, there is a fear that is instilled from young. And my older brother on my father's side, he's five He's five years older than me. Him and I were talking about this some years ago, and it was like how he was still in fear of my father, and he was a grown man with two kids and a wife, right? And so it's just like to this day, it's like you just don't talk back to him, but nothing like that. And I'm just getting to the place in like in the last two, three years, I'm just getting to the place where I can really show my dad who I really am because when he come around, I'm very soft-spoken 
And y'all know, y'all know I'm, I'm, I cut the fuck up, right? He came over here the other day and he was talking about something. And I, in my mind, I was just like, when are you going to really admit it? Like, when are you going to just fess up? And but because of my fear, I can't, I, I can't say that. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, so you picked that up. Um, Very detail oriented when it comes to getting to know people that are close to me. And it's not an experience that I get back. And normally, like with my friends, like if we were to play like the guessing game on who knows who, I would probably win every time. And I would be the person that people feel like, well, damn, do I know you? Because, no, it's you don't have the, from meeting you, you don't have the personality that it's like, well, should I ask questions? You know, like if I'm first meeting you, it's like, it's not, I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, when you're around certain people, you get a vibe. And it's just like, well, I don't know if I ask questions, but they be feeling like I'm, I'm invading. Or they be like, well, bitch, who the fuck are you? You know what I'm saying? People, because people are like that. People don't really like to be, you know. No, I know people like that. What? Do I give off that vibe? Like, bitch, don't be asking me no goddamn questions. If I don't, if I, if I first met you, I would play it real cautious. Yeah. What is it about me that makes you feel reserved? It's your sleeky eyes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what about the sleepy eyes? Oh my God. The eyes is the roadmap to the soul. I hear you. Right, right. So your being that your shape of your eyes is sleeky, like I can't really get in because there's no space. <laughs> but yeah, my experience, I feel like I don't do anything, but I do feel a reservation from my mm. friends on how to act or how to be around me. You know, you know, too though, you have a resting, I'm resting nigga face. Wow. Okay. Like, <laughs> You have a, you have, you do, you do. And like, for instance, like when I came over to your house, I was like, is he upset? I mean, like, I didn't know. Damn. Yeah, I didn't know. And that's why I was just like, okay, let me calm down. Like, I didn't know what, what? you know, but I do know, like, you're, 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 you are, you're good people and you're not like that. But if I started to really sometimes throw people off and, you, and you're like, you're slim in stature. And so it's like very, Put together in, in petite, and so it's kind of like like no shade. If I see like a heavier set girl or a heavier set guy, it's something about this is going so fucking left. But it's something about it is way like way more inviting. It's, but when I see like a more petite person, I think I'm like, oh, I don't. But then too, and then too, you're pretty. You're pretty quiet for the most part. Like you're not, you know, obnoxiously loud. Yeah, but I like people like you. Well, I would hope the fuck so. I like people like you who look as if that, but they're really not. And it's like when you get to them, like, oh my God, you're so fucking crazy. I love you. For me, it is so hard for people to warm up. And what you're saying is definitely something very familiar to me because I feel it on people when they approach me. I don't think that they know how to approach me. And this has been all my life, my experience. And Deep inside, I'm the silliest fucking person, <laughs> honestly. I don't it's know. frustrating. It's not okay. I don't know. Next subject. What accomplishment in my life am I most proud of? Go ahead, Alon. My graduation day was the biggest accomplishment in my life that I'm most proud of at this point. I promise you. It just felt like, damn, Alon, you did that shit. That shit felt like my wedding day. <laughs> not I the was wedding. so happy that day. And I was so proud. That's beautiful. The I think the only accomplishment for me that is the biggest to date is honestly being hired to be a teacher. Oh, um, yay. There's really nothing else. Not this apartment. Not the degree. It's, it's really just being hired to be a teacher. It's like my biggest accomplishment. Shout out to teachers. Hey. If I could eliminate one-time wasting habit, what would it be? Being on my phone scrolling up and down on instagram and this is why i uninstall instagram out of my phone for the week and when you told me to take over our page i was like shit now i gotta watch my color dmv um on because i just really hate it i feel so overwhelmed 
definitely that. That's why I don't install it a lot. I gave it too much attention. You? Playing Sims is a habit. It takes up a lot of my goddamn time. I really enjoy that game, but I could really play Sims all day and sit in one place the entire day and get nothing accomplished. Okay. Who do I go to when I need help and guidance? When I need guidance, I go to my friend Jonathan, who is extremely honest and always going to give it to me real. And I go to my other friend, Mark, who is also, he's a Pisces, very intuitive. And he is, his his advice is very sound and very fair. And I can always rely on him too, to give me good advice. I have a couple of people, but one person I could think of um, right now is my friend, Cicely. Um, she's a Capricorn. She was the one that I was mentioning earlier, how we have very in-depth conversations and she's my Capricorn exception. But her level of understanding and her great sensibility, level-headedness, it is very refreshing. And I know I'm going to get good advice from her and well-rounded advice from her. And it's not too many people I trust with advice, but she's definitely one of them. Yeah, Capricorns do give good advice. And that reminds me, my other friend too, Valia, she's a Capricorn. She gives me really good advice. If I could solve one major problem in the world, what would it be? Mm, If I can solve one major problem in the world, what would it be? Oh, I think it would definitely be inequality. In what way? Of of all sorts. Um, Of course, racism, sexism white power <laughs> white supremacy out that would be if we can solve white suprem- if we can solve racism a lot of fucking things will our our skin will be clearer <laughs> our grass will grow the birds would sing and the skies will be blue yeah i think my first one was kind of to piggyback off of yours that was the first thing i thought about was injustice um because i, I think it's Enough is enough, just like what you said in an earlier episode. We just tired of getting killed at the hands of the people that's supposed to protect us. And if they are being protected for killing us, then we need to find a better system because that shit is just not Mm. working anymore. I agree with you 100%. And it's so unfortunate because even at my job and my school where we talk about, you know, being anti-racist and all these different philosophies and stuff like that i'm like but y'all do y'all understand that y'all really this shit is really ingrained in you guys and y'all don't even know how you guys how you all profess this day day to day and another thing is um just racial biasness in general um especially looking for a job and interviewing for jobs left and right and my experience has been validated to hr reps to uh friends to former colleagues and they've all told me like what they see is definitely valid for what I'm asking for when I'm trying to level up in the money that I'm trying to make and I can't think of anything on why I'm not employed other than when my black face shows up on that computer screen that there's a biasness that shows up and people have their ideals on who they want to be hired what values do I have that guide my personal decisions? Um, the values that I have is being fair. I told you, I just, I said, I think I repeat the same shit all the fucking time. The values of the golden rule. That is my, I live by that. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And I have a bone to pick with that one though. <laughs> uh oh. I think I know. Okay, well, what is because it? Because I went ghost and I ain't talked to you. It ain't just me. You don't like people ghosting you. You've said that. If you don't hit me up and it be days or two months, don't talk to me ever again. That's what you said. But that's a relationship. That's Why are you placing an exception? No, yeah, it should I be said, in all aspects. That's romantic, right? So if my friend, let me tell you. Oh my God, no. It's not just romance. Let me be honest. Of course, no one likes to be ghosted. Exactly. But mine is, 
mine's is different. Mine's was different. I had a problem. No, it isn't different. I just remember I'm still working on no, but but on on some real shit though. On some real shit though, Alon, I really am a fair person, and I and I don't. I think everybody deserves respect. And so the decisions that I make, perfect example, I had a client yesterday and she was telling me how I can buy cheaper hair, to cheaper human hair to make the locks and still charge people these high prices because someone she knows buy cheaper hair and sells out of all of these wigs and stuff like that. And she makes an amazing profit. And I was, I said, I can't do that to people. You know, I can't, I can't bring myself to do that. So just always being fair. And, and and diplomatic and the golden rule is what I live on. I hear you. My main value is individuality and allowing a person to be their true self and accepting them and embracing them as who they are. Yes. I never want someone to feel insecure about being their true self. Yes. Everybody tries to be so cookie cutter with things and they try to make it to where the next person has to do it exactly how this person did it. And it just doesn't work like that. Life doesn't work that way. And that's exactly how, that's crazy you said that, because that's exactly how my place of work is. It's like everybody has a different route to get to something. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to where you want me to be. Let me do what I, I want to do, though. Let me just figure this out. If you could write a letter to your 18-year-old self, what would you say? That mm, bitch, you don't even know your full potential. And you don't even know what what God has in stored and what you and what and what's and what's there for you. So stop selling yourself peanuts and pick up caviar. (laughs) (laughs) It's the face. You felt so fucking proud of that. <laughs> if I could write a letter to my 18-year-old self, I would say your heart and mind is in the right place. Hallelujah. However, there's some healing that needs to happen. Hallelujah. You are on the right track. And once healing and understanding comes into fruition, that's when you will know who you are and whose you are. Mm. And when that happens, do not minimize or diminish yourself or dim your light in spaces to make other people comfortable. Shine your light no matter who you blind. Glow in your own light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. I dare you. I dare you to push yourself to be great. I dare you to buy caviar. Stop selling yourself peanuts and purchase caviar. (laughs) It was your face for me. (laughs) Caviar. I told my students that too the other day. So, um, guys, listen, this was an amazing discussion about growth. Um, Ask yourself how you have grown and what growth needs to be done and needs to be made. And until then, we're going to be back next week with a whole swamping. I'm Ativa. And I'm Alon. And we out this bitch. Peace.